Welcome everyone to the very first episode of Dead Cars Podcast. And on today's episode, we'll be talking everything out of detailing. I'm your host, Ben Yoakum, and we'll dive right into it. So, I hope you all enjoy, and we shall begin. The auto detailing industry has had a long history running back to the early 1800s. In 1800, the world's first wax was developed out of animal fat. In Germany, it was used to protect the lacquer-like paint that was applied to horse carriages. In 1888, a company called Minzerna, which is now today a top-selling company, they started developing a range of solid, liquid, and paste-polishing compounds. They first were used for pianos, and then in 1889, Mercedes-Benz decided to use them on their automobiles. Then we'll fast forward to 1901. He made a gentleman by the name of Frank McGuire Jr. He founded a small furniture polishing laboratory in his garage. The company now known as McGuire's is a giant in the auto detailing product industry today. When McGuire first began, he made one bottle of polish at a time using an ad beater. Eventually, was able to produce enough products at night to fill the orders he would generate the next day and was able to pay for his family groceries. The arrival of the first horse-edge carriage turned Frank McGuire's attention to the automobile, made out of wood. They were initially coated with the same polishes that were applied to furniture. McGuire was determined to never sell a product unless he was convinced it was the very best on the market. Well, now today, McGuire sponsors more than 100 car show events across the country. That's just crazy to think about how one man started with just animal fats and created the very first wax, and then another created a furniture polish and decided to use them on horses' carriages that were obviously wooden. So he was able to use the same products that he would put onto his furniture. Then we'll fast forward to 1920s when 3M invented the world's first waterproof sandpaper, which reduced airborne dust during automobile manufacturing. And again, let's fast forward 19 years later with Plastone Auto Polish. It was the first bottled liquid car wax invented by Ben Hisrick and then was later renamed famously known as Turtle Wax. Now we would tread 36 years into the 80s, which very few people actually availed of detailing services because vehicles were relatively cheap. They would trade up every three years for newer models. So, they never thought to invest heavily in the car maintenance. But then as the 80s rolled on, automobile prices skyrocketed. So they would have to hold on to their cars for longer. The DIY car care attitude morphed into DIFM, which which stands for Do It For Me. Professional detailers began to carve a niche for themselves in the automotive market. Today, there are thousands of detailers worldwide. Today, detailers are starting to go green when it comes to detailing, such as using less water and start using waterless wash and environmentally friendly cleaning products. Waterless wash is exactly what you think it is. It's basically lubricity spray, lubricity sprays to polish. I messed that one up. Dummy. I wrote that down wrong. Anywho, um, basically you spray it on your vehicle. uh, It'll activate the paint and it will entrap the dirt particles that are on your vehicle all you'll really need is uh, water for in a bucket you get a rag you spray on your product and then you wipe the whole vehicle down with the product 
and it's like brand new again. Like you don't need water to sit there, hose it down and rinse it and blah, blah, blah. You just use your waterless wash and you're good to go. Um, so, and right now I will give you, uh, your daily detail tip. Um, I learned that if you use, um, yeah, dryer sheets, dryer sheets, they're really good for removing bug guts from your vehicle. All you really need to do is take your dryer sheet get some water and some soap for lubricity, dip it in the water and soap. And just rub away at the bug guts. It comes off clean like nothing to it. It's amazing. It's incredible. So that is your detail tip of the day. Um, when I first started auto detailing. It was about five years ago. I didn't know really what I was doing. You know I just seen a couple of videos. And, you know a couple YouTubers. Um, it was very interesting to me. And just to watch them wash and. Uh, they use this thing called a foam cannon. Foam cannon, you basically just fill it with soap and water. And you attach it to your pressure washer. And you can foam the entire car down. Which is pretty incredible. I thought that was like amazing. It blew my mind. I was like, you know what? I gotta get into it. So actually a buddy of mine from work. He introduced me into detailing. And I just, you know. I was like, what the heck? I'll check out this company called Chemical Guys. He actually told me about them. Um, I bought like a soap and I think it was a bottle of wax. That was like the first two things that I bought. I was like, holy moly, this stuff is expensive. You know, I'll probably never get into it, but we'll see. So it was my, uh, I actually started on my father's pickup truck, which was a Chevy Silverado. Uh, I just, you know, was like, hey, can you don't care if I wash your truck? And he's like, no, I don't care. So I got my me a bucket and then I got some soap and I had my uh wash rag and I just started hosing down the vehicle. I used the soap and everything and when I was done, I was like, This is really impressive work. You know, it's amazing. Just the shine quality just with the soap. I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to order some more products, you know, to see how it goes. So I go back up onto the Chemical Guys website and I buy myself some polishes and I buy myself some tire cleaner and so a few days later when it finally showed up I went back to dad's truck and I started you know messing around with it seeing what I could do with it and his truck was kind of older it's mm, 2006 or something like that so anyways it has like holograms holograms are basically um from a buffer so when you use your buffer on your on a vehicle if you use the wrong polish and the wrong pad you can cause what's called holograms and there was a bunch of holograms a bunch of scratches all over dad's truck and i was determined to try to get those out again this was my first time ever doing that you know i was just learning i had bought a uh it was a random orbital polisher from Harbor Freight, and it had a wool pad on it. And I was like, yeah, we'll just go with it. Well, again, as I'm still new to this, <laughs> I actually created more uh, holograms and scratches than I was actually removing. So I was like, well, let's just try something else. So around Christmas time, uh, I bought myself a uh, dual action polisher. So dual action means it'll go, um, 
two different ways versus a rodeo where it just go one solid way. And a duel, it'll go backwards and it'll go forwards. So I got the DA polisher. I got uh, my new polishes. And I start going back to Dad's truck. And I'm like, Dad, let me try again. I know I messed up the first time, but I want to try to do better. And he's like, all right, that's fine. And so I, I washed it down, clay barred it, make sure it was good. It's very important, guys, if you're going to clay bar your vehicle, and if you're going to wash your vehicle, you want to start with the clay bar after you wash it. Because there's so many, so much dirt and debris that is still left on the paint, even after you wash it. A clay bar will help remove all that dirt and debris before you begin polishing. You never want to start polishing unless you clay bar first. So I did. I clay barred the whole vehicle. It took about 40 minutes to do the entire truck. It's a big truck. And so I started with my first polish. It was the Chemical Guys V-Line polish. I started out with like a heavier grit to try to break down them holograms and the scratches, which was... I want to say it was uh, V-Line 36. I started with that. It's like a heavy cutting compound. And so I started working it into the paint. And I noticed something. I was like, this, this pad's getting extra hot. And I don't like that because I can eventually burn through the paint. So I went to the Google machine and I decided, well, what I, like I searched, like what can help prevent heat from transferring the paint from a polisher? And it says to use like a lubricant. So I had a bottle of like cheap Meguiar's uh, spray wax. I sprayed that onto the pad on top of my polish. And that acted as an extra protectant to keep the, the heat off of the paint. So I don't burn through the paint. So I'm starting to work on the hood. And I'm noticing that these scratches are getting uh, smaller. Which is good. I'm like, all right, this is working. But I was trying to figure out why it was so, you know, spread out as much as it was. And come to realize, each different level of polishes actually, uh, it, it makes the, the scratches and holograms that are bigger. The more aggressive compound or polish that you use, it'll still make scratches. It's not going to make them disappear. you got to go up the level. So I went up to 36. I went from 32 to 36. 36 made this, those 32 scratches even smaller. And I switched pads. I went from a heavy cut to a medium cut. And I used 36. I got a lot of those 32 scratches out. And 34 scratches. And then I worked my way up to 38. After I was satisfied with how the, the paint was looking. So 38 was an optical grade final polish and I used a you know a soft foam pad so I wouldn't create even more scratches and then I'd have to start all over again. So I used V38, got all the last scratches out, and I was I was blown away. I was just absolutely blown away by how I could got all those holograms out and I was able to get all them scratches out and it just was an incredible looking paint on this old truck. And by the time I was done doing the whole thing, this truck truck looked like a completely different truck from the truck that was, you know, it wasn't, you know, beautiful to begin with. It had, like I said, holograms and scratches, and it was rusted out. But after I did all that, it looked freaking incredible. It looked like a brand new truck. And Dad was actually blown away by how good it actually looked.
So that turned into me doing my own vehicles. It was uh, actually it was my 54 Packard Super Clipper that I started polishing and washing on. But boy, I'd wash that thing every weekend, every chance that I could. Like every time it was nice out, I'd wash it to keep it clean. You know, again, that paint wasn't perfect. It was actually original from the 50s. And, you know, I was told to always be careful with old paint because it's more fragile and, you know, less likely to just be destroyed. So I was finding different ways that I could polish it out without ruining the paint. And I decided to use my V38 polish, which was my final polish. I just used a soft pad. It was a foam pad, not a wool pad. I don't really care for wool pads anymore because it'll fling off all these little fuzzies and everything versus a foam pad where it's all, you know, tightly packed and it won't fling everywhere as much. So I used that and I used the 38 and I went to town on this thing. It was a, the Packard was like a turquoise color and it had a white top. Um, I started polishing and you know, it brought some shine to it. Again, it, I called the paint chocolate chip, mint chocolate chip, because there was like paint, uh, spots where the paint was chipping off, so I just named it mint chocolate chip. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but I was, uh, you know, in awe by how it came out. came out really good. I, you know, I enjoyed it. It was fun. And then that, uh, turned into, uh, me wanting to get, uh, business cards. So I go on to Vistaprint, and I ordered a hundred and I was like, it was 150 business cards. I spelled my name, what I do, and blah, blah, blah. And my very first customer was a neighbor of mine. We've been friends for like 18 years. And he'll be on my podcast here in the future. Uh, he has a 2017 Chevy Impala, I think it is. I think it's a 2017. I'm not sure. But... This car was already, you know, good. I didn't have to buff or polish it out. I washed it up for him, cleaned it up. And he was impressed by how good it came out. So then I decided to make a Facebook page called Ben's Auto Detailing, if you all want to check it out. Um, so I posted his on there. And, you know, I got a couple people to like it and a couple people were interested in it. And then as time went on... I got bigger and bigger and better at what I was doing. And I've been doing this for five years now. And I am by no means a professional. But right now, I have... Let's see, yesterday I just did... Uh, my buddies that had the car, the same Chevy Impala. I did his Chevy C10, his 85 Chevy C10. Uh, the paint on that, it was like... It's super, 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 super paper thin... And uh, it was factory paint from 36 years ago, and I couldn't hand or I couldn't um, machine polish it, so I decided I will just hand polish it. So I went online just to see what I could use for single stage, because single stage is basically just paint and like an oil on top of the you know the metal, whereas like uh, paint and uh, clear coat. Like, you have your base coat and your clear coat, that has a clear coat on top. Single stage does not have clear coat, it's just paint. So it's more prone to scratches, dents, and rust, and things like that. Again, this truck was not perfect, you know. I don't, I wasn't really into, you know, going after these big time, you know, 
Bentleys and uh, Mercedes-Benz type vehicles. I was just doing my neighbor's vehicles, you know, whatever, just to make a little money. And I wasn't in for the money. I was in for it because I enjoyed detailing. It's just a lot of fun. So I was working on this truck yesterday. I went online, actually, to Meguiar's. And I went on their website just to try to see what I could find. And I found um, it's their Mirror Glaze Professional. It was number seven. And I was talking to my friend Jeremy. This is his name. And I was like, well, I don't know how good this is going to look after we're done. But I'm just going to give it a shot. And this painting is like, it's old. It's oxidized. It's real faded looking. So I went over there yesterday. I had my big tote of rags that I always carry with me. Because I'm doing mobile detailing now too. I'm not just in one spot. Uh, I had my rags. I got an old rag that I wouldn't care if I got paint on it. Because I, again, it's just single stage. So as you're hand buffing, you'll remove actual paint. And so I started applying it onto the hood. And then I wiped it off. And holy cow, was we were both blown away by how incredible it looked. Just by just doing that one spot. Um... Yeah, they, so he actually had metallic flake in the paint from like 36 years ago. And that metallic flake just popped. And it looks pretty good. It's not, you know, it's not perfect. It's 36-year-old paint. You can't expect it to look perfect. And I told him, you know, this isn't going to be the best you've ever seen. But I will try to do what I can to make it look amazing. And sure enough, did the whole vehicle. It turned out awesome. I went over. It, it was a... Uh, it was like a root beer brown that was a uh, base color. And then the two-tone color was a cream white. I didn't do that because it was more chalky. And chalkier paint's kind of hard to work with. So I just worked with what he, he had as his base color, which was root beer brown. And man, did that stuff pop. And he had on his tailgate, his tailgate was kind of rough and rusted. But, you know, it brought out that patina look. And I was just in awe by how good it came out. You know, again, I'll say this over and over again. It's not perfect, but hey, it's a lot better than what it was when I first started. So, um, yeah, this I enjoy detailing. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, it, it makes me happy to see the before and after of what I first started with. If you check out my page, uh, Ben's Auto Detailing, it's on Facebook. Uh, you can go through and see what all I've done. I've done everything from a tractor to uh, a 66 Ford Mustang. That one though, that one was another incredible one. Again, that was just single stage. But luckily, a few years ago, a guy threw a clear coat over it. And that thing just, it, it popped so crazy. It was just a nice bright red. It first started out with like this dull, ugly red color. And then by the time I was done, it was just popped. And then uh, about a year or two ago, I got into ceramic coating. I was like, well, I don't know how this ceramic stuff's going to work. Now, it's not like a ceramic coating you can get like at a big top name uh, detailing company. This is actually the chemical guy ceramic wax. So it goes on like wax and it acts as a ceramic coating. And it's the same. It's kind of the same thing, but it's not near as expensive. Um it does it has the same properties as an actual like like the ceramic coatings they use that's like six to eight hundred dollars you know 
it's, it's not for me. So I just went for the cheaper route, and it still has the same properties as the $6,800 one. It just, it's affordable, and um, it uh, literally does the same thing. So I got into that. I did uh, my buddy Jeremy's brother's car. He had a 2000 Chevy Malibu. This thing came in. It was dirty, filthy. I cleaned it up. Had it looking good. I polished it out. I did a uh, two-stage paint correction. Um, so there's different stages with uh, paint correction. So you got a first stage. You got a second stage. And you got you got three stage number three. I'm sorry. You have a first stage, a stage one, stage two, and then stage three, and you can go all the way up to stage four. So I did just the two simple stage paint correction where I used a V-Line products or polishes from Chemical Guys, which I swear by these guys' products. They are amazing. I know they get a lot of hate out there in the car industry world, but I don't care. I like them. They're affordable. They're good, really good products. I haven't had any problems with them. It's just been great to me for the last five years. So, anyways, I get a uh, heavy cut pad. And then I notice I got to be careful on the front of the hood. Because on the front of the hood, he's got some paint chips. And so, I just try to avoid as much as possible with the heavy cut pad and the heavy cut polish. I just avoided that area. So, I'm polishing this thing out. And then I get to the front of the hood. Where it's got those paint chips. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, what can I do to carefully clean this up and avoid, you know, tearing off any more paint? So I get my V38 polish and I get my absolute softest pad I could think of. Or actually that I have, not that I think of, but actually that I have. And I had my polisher with me, my, my buffer, and I set it on the... And it goes up to 6, speed 6, and I set it all the way down to 2, just to slow down the process. At 1 and 2, it's basically just vibrating, and then as you climb up, it goes faster and faster. Mm -hmm. So I put it on setting 2, I put my polish on, put my lubricant on, and I just carefully went over the front where the chips were. It turned out awesome, I ceramic coated it too, uh, I put a uh, sealant on, a paint sealant on it, and it turned out incredible. It was, I've, I've been asked like several times, oh, man, did you repaint that car? I'm like, no, I just, I buffed it out and, you know, I put a ceramic coating on it. That's also up on my Facebook page if you want to check out that picture, uh, the before and after pictures of that one. And I've done several other vehicles as well, neighbors, friends, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I make some money off of it, but again, I'm not out for the money. I'm just doing it for as a hobby because I enjoy doing it. It's probably one of my favorite pastimes, other than doing yard work and stuff around my house here. But, uh, anyways, yeah, so, um, another thing I wanted to touch with is, um, it's very important that you choose your the correct polish and the correct pad when you're doing a paint correction, you're not just going to want to take a heavy cut pad and then use a light polish and then you cuz you're just going to create more damage to the paint than what, you know, what's actually good for it. You want to make sure you have if you're going to do a medium cut, you're going to want to use the medium cut pad and you're going to want to use a medium cut compound polish whatever. Because 
if you think about it in a uh, wood finish industry, like a wood finish carpenter, um, if he takes a piece of wood and it's rough, whatever, and he wants to make it smooth, he's not going to want to just take like a thousand grit sandpaper and just sand over and expect to be smooth. You're going to want to start with your, your uh, most aggressive. So you want to start with uh, like an 80 grit. You want to go 80 grit, whatever. You want to get those 80 grit scratches out. You want to move up to um, whatever's next, like 100 grit. You want to go over 100 grit and then get those 100 grit scratches out. You want to use 120, 150, and then your 220, 400, 600, so on and so on. And the same thing applies for um, paint on an automobile. You're not going to want to just start with like a final grade polish and expect it to, you know, get all those scratches out. You want to first assess the um, amount of paint that you have to deal with. You can use a paint gauge. It'll tell you the thickness of the paint. And you can determine from there, like, okay, so let's say I have a uh, an 86 Corvette, whatever. And it's got the paint. I use my paint gauge and it says... 4.80 that's a decent amount of paint that you still have left on them actually paint and clear coat you have left on the vehicle so you can work with that and let's just say uh that grandpa had it covered with a car cover as he drug off the car cover for so many years that created scratches and swirls all over it and he wanted those scratches and swirls removed so you want to think, okay, so he's got light, mild scratches, so let's go with a light, mild polish or compound. Um, we'll start with that. We'll use a pad and we'll see how it looks. If I don't like that, I can, you know, kind of just test my playing ground and see what it is. Because I'm not going to know right off the bat how, you know, what I'll need to use. I'll just have to go through and test each one to see how it works. So we'll just use a medium pad and we'll use um, a medium polish to start out to see how it works. If that doesn't work then we'll switch it up and change it out. So that is very important to uh, you know make sure that you don't create more work for yourself because you really don't want to create more work for yourself in any sense. Uh, let's see what was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, again, I'm, you know, not a professional by means. I'm just doing it for the fun of it. It's, it's really mind-blowing to see what I can do with just my hands and a couple of products here and there and see how I can get something to look. I'm always that guy to just be like, hey, you know, your car looks like it can, needs nice detail or the paint looks kind of oxidized. Let me see what I can do do for you. If I can't get it to look how I envision it to look, I'm not going to charge you for it. That's just how I've always been, you know. It's just always been my thing to do that. So just like when I did my buddy's 85C10, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this for you. I can't guarantee you it's going to be the way I envision it. I won't charge you until, you know, 
I know that I'm doing an actually good job and it actually turns out the way I envisioned it. And then we'll go for a price from there. Because everybody always asks me, oh, well, what do you, how much for this? How much for a sweep out and interior clean? Well, again, I don't know what the vehicle looks like. I don't know how big it is. If you tell me what it is and I can picture how big it is and I can look at how uh, nasty and dirty it is, then I can give you a price based on how much work there is to do. I I had a uh, a lady ask about a van, and I was thinking, okay, well, a minivan. Well, it turns out it was one of those bigger uh, Amish hauler vans, and it was filthy. I mean, the inside was just caked in mud and dog hair and all kinds of nasty stuff. And I'm like, man, this isn't going to be a quick, easy, you know, thing to do. I want to have several hours into it. I eventually had like eight to nine, uh, eight to ten hours in it, wrapped up just in the interior, not even the outside. I haven't even touched the outside yet. So I did my ten hours in the inside, and then by the time I got to the outside, it was getting late. And I was like, well, I'll come back tomorrow when I finish the outside. Well, the outside wasn't any better than the inside, but I did it, and then I did it in about an hour and a half. Typically, if it's not too terribly dirty, I can do it in like a half hour. But this one, man, it was just nasty. I had like 14 hours wrapped up in the whole thing. But it came out incredible. I was so happy with it. She was happy with it. And we moved on. It was it was great. It really is an enjoyable thing to do. I enjoyed do you know taking care of people's vehicles, washing them, detailing them. And, you know, there's a difference between a glorified car washer and a uh, detailer. A glorified car washer just goes through, washes the car, sweeps out in the interior and calls it a day. Wipes down the dash, calls it a day. A detailer will go through, he'll wash your car, do the interior, do your dash. He'll uh, do a paint correction because, of, you know, just a standard glorified car washer ain't going to do paint correction. He just wants to get paid and go home. A detailer will actually take time, work with your vehicle, and do what he can to make it incredible. So, I've, you know, I've been, I've been called a glorified car washer before, but I know for a fact I'm not because I actually go through and I take my time and assess, the, you know, the damage done with scratches and swirls and whatnot. And I take my time and just work all those things out and try to make an incredible job. Um, well, I guess I could wrap this up. We're about a half hour in. Um, but I do hope this, this was very informative for you guys. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the very first episode of Dead Cars Podcast. Um, be sure for next week to stick around for episode number two. Um, I'll be actually be talking about, I don't remember. Let me go back into my notes. Hang on here. What am I talking about next week? Um, oh, next week we'll be talking about the Plymouth Roadrunner. Stay tuned for that one. And then episode three, we'll be talking about my favorite person. He, uh, uh, he is this big car guru. He was this big car guru. Um, he invented the rat fink. His name is Big Daddy Ed Roth. So stick around for episode number three here in a couple weeks.
um, we'll be talking about Big Daddy Ed Roth and Ratfink. Um, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, again, be sure to tune in next week for episode two of Dead Cars Podcast. And you'll only find me on Spotify. <laughs>